Hello, Sobertown listeners. Welcome to the pilot episode of Early Days with Michael. To give you all a little bit of backstory on me, I am a 43-year-old woman. I have been in and around recovery since my late 20s, about 27. I got serious about trying to confront my alcohol addiction. I started drinking in my early teens, so drank for about 14 years, very heavily from about 18 on. And it it had already become very problematic in my life by my late 20s. And so I've been in and around recovery for about 16 years so far. And however, with that said, I have had some setbacks, some slips, and I spent the majority of my 30s sober. So between 2010, 2020, was almost entirely sober, aside from a few slips early in that time. But once 2020 got here, I was going through some personal struggles. I was living with a partner who regularly drank for escape, for coping, for fun, and it got to a point where it challenged my own belief systems about alcohol. And so I decided to experiment with drinking again. And in my mind, I was going to try some quote unquote moderated drinking. Now, with that said, I already, in hindsight, can recognize that my thinking was skewed on this because my idea of moderated drinking meant that I would get drunk one or two times a month. And this seemed like a totally logical plan to me. (laughs) This seemed realistic. I had not drank in almost nine years at this time, and I, I think I had forgotten and gotten far enough away from any sort of recovery program or people in recovery that I really had forgotten how bad it had been and where it had taken me and what addiction, active addiction had done to me previously. And I really believed that I would be able to have this drunk once or twice a month and go on with my life because that's what I saw my ex and his friends do. They could have a party and then they wouldn't think about beer for a month or they might have one or two and then stop. And in my head, I think I was more like them. And so, but when I started to try to experiment with this, what happened is I was successful the first time or two. I had my drinks and didn't get crazy and, kept it to one less than a 12 pack or whatever I had planned on drinking for that night and didn't even go on to drink more the next night and stuck with the plan for maybe a few weeks. But it quickly spun for me into wanting to start drinking earlier, earlier in the day. So whereas my ex was fine waiting till 6 or 7 p.m. for his first drink, I wanted mine at 5, and then I wanted it at 4, and then I wanted it at 3. And it just earlier and earlier in the day, on a day off, was when that, that little obsession started to talk to me. I started giving in to those 
urges and those cravings. I started drinking more frequently. It started to become problematic in my relationship and in my world again, recognizing that I would drink for a few days in a row and then I'd feel really crappy again and I'd decide to stop. And then it became a point of contention in my relationship. And so when I would decide to drink again, at some point I started hiding my drinking from my partner and drinking in secret and hiding liquor in the bathroom and drinking earlier and earlier in the day. And ultimately this would eventually come to a head after a few days and he would discover that I was drunk and I would quit again. And so this vicious cycle started throughout 2020. It was around the end of 2021 where I discovered the I Am Sober community and started to connect with people on that platform and discovered the Zoom meetings that were available there and really started to make these connections with people in recovery again. People that have become some of my closest friends at this phase in my life and people that have helped remind me how important community and connection are to recovery. So I am wanting to start recording these episodes to share a little bit of my experience from what it is like in the early days, because I have lived this pattern repeatedly over the last four years. I would get 60 or 90 or 120 days sober and then go back to drinking. And so it's very fresh in my mind what those acute symptoms are like, what the initial withdrawals or detox feels like, and then what the emotional triggers are and the mental health issues that come along with it, the stress hormones that are dumped in our systems, all of these physiological things that come along with it. And then I really want to be aware of the early signs and symptoms, and throughout early recovery, be aware of the thoughts that occur, the cravings that occur. What exactly am I going through in these early days in an attempt to reach out to others who are also in early sobriety, to try to normalize some of the stigmas that come up around it, to try to help people fight through the guilt and the judgment and all of those things that come up either self-inflicted or inflicted from people around us. These are the things that having an active recovery community can help you recognize and realize that this is not the way that we need to be treated. The people that we are the absolute cruelest to are almost always ourselves. And that's why you hear a lot of times in recovery, come and let us love you until you can love yourself. We are definitely very hard on ourselves in early recovery. When the reality of the situation is, it's an incredibly brave thing that every single one of you are doing to try this, to give it a shot. If you're sober curious, if you're trying life without alcohol for the first time, if you're not sure that you're ready to quit yet, but you're starting to maybe listen to a couple of podcasts and see what people are saying and see if you hear part of your own story in there, that is so brave. And there are people in this community who are excited to talk to you, excited to try to help, to try to share their own stories and see if you see something of yourself in them and something that might help. One of the things that I'm very passionate about sharing is how many people that I know in recovery 
who are incredibly intelligent individuals. There are doctors, there are scientists, there are PhDs, there are clinical counselors. Addiction does not discriminate. There is such a stigma about the alcoholic or the addict is the person in the gutter, the person on skid row, the person who has lost everything, their family, their job, their vehicle, they've been to jails, they've been to institutions, that this is the person who is truly addicted. Personally, I believe that there is a wide spectrum of addiction. And just because I was a daily drinker and that's what was unmanageable for me does not mean that somebody else needs to be a daily drinker for that to be unmanageable in their life. When alcohol or other drugs start causing problems in your life is when you should start to ask yourself if you might have an addiction issue. When it's impacting your family relationships, when it's impacting your physical health, when it is impacting your job or your ability to perform these things or your ability to parent. These are indicators. These are little warning signs. Another big thing about alcohol is the alcohol industry and how much we have all been taught to believe that alcohol is a necessary part of life, that it is required to have alcohol around to celebrate, that it is completely normal to day drink during the football game, that it is completely normal to have hangovers, to celebrate your 21st birthday by getting blasted. These are all things that media teaches us that is totally appropriate and cool and in. And this is, this is what we do. This is part of being an adult. I personally love the fact that the dialogue around alcohol and drinking culture is starting to change with Gen Z. We're really starting to see it where they are pushing back against this idea that alcohol is necessary in order to have fun. And it makes me so excited to see this. I say all that to say this, logic has very little to do with addiction. These brilliant minds, these people who struggle with this, and if you're familiar with the story of Alcoholics Anonymous, going back to the very beginning, Dr. Bob, clinical physician, worked with patients who struggled with alcohol withdrawal. He knew the science, well, I guess, at that point, <laughs> there wasn't as much study in science about it as there is now, but it doesn't, you can talk to a physician today who struggles with addiction. It doesn't matter if that's their specialty, if they've learned the ins and outs of it. Having that knowledge alone is not enough to keep people sober. Being afraid of the outcomes of what will happen if you continue to drink by itself is generally not enough to keep people sober. Fear can be an amazing motivator. It can certainly be a jumping off point. It can be the thing that gets you to where you actually stop drinking long enough to start thinking about this logically, to start being able to see the results that this is causing in your life. But in my experience, from in my opinion, I do think that some sort of connection and sober community is absolutely necessary to be successful in recovery. And whatever that community looks like to you is what's right for you. There are a myriad of programs that are available out there now. Of course, the traditional AA, NA, 12-step programs, those are great for the people that are drawn to them. There are people that that doesn't fit right, that doesn't feel right anymore. So things like Smart Recovery have been born. Programs for agnostics. The one thing I will say that the pandemic did do in our favor in the addiction community is to greatly increase access 
to recovery support so that platforms like I Am Sober got traction, got footing and really blew up. Because unfortunately, one of the things that went hand in hand with the pandemic was people working from home, people isolating, people not seeing their communities or socializing. We saw a drastic spike in depression, in anxiety, in mental health issues, and thus in substance abuse. It was this self-fueling fire at the time. I've spoken with many people in the recovery community, and my story is the same, that their drinking or substance abuse greatly increased throughout the duration of the pandemic. And that was certainly my experience. The two things were not related to one another in that when I started drinking, it wasn't quite the pandemic yet. COVID it was just starting to hit the media, but it was not because we hadn't been quarantined yet. It was independent of that, but the timing just happened to line out in such a way that that's when I decided to start experimenting with alcohol again. And it just happened to be the perfect storm in my life. So listeners, my goal with early days is to share about my experiences going through getting sober repeatedly, what that has looked like, what the binge and stop process has been, and really trying to pay attention to what this cycle looks like. I am on day 32 today. I am trying very hard to actively keep track of the feelings that I'm having, what I'm experiencing, and I hope to relay those things to you all. I hope to be a relatable source for those who are going through the early days of addiction. If you have questions, if you have things you'd like to hear me share about, please feel free to message the Sobertown platforms. This uh, podcast is being shared on SobertownPodcast.com. And we also have a Facebook Instagram and TikTok accounts under Sobertown Facebook as well. You're welcome to reach out via messenger to any of those platforms and the admins can get those messages to me. I hope that you got something out of this and I hope that you will continue to join me as I can talk about these experiences, try to make them relatable and try to normalize the fact that relapses happen to the majority of people trying to get sober. It is the norm, not the, not a failure, not a sign of weakness. And let's talk about what it looks like, the ins and outs, the good, bad, and ugly. Until next time, thank you for listening.